Hello and welcome to episode 11, 11. 11. <laughs> of Chewing the Fat uh, with me, Phil Cobley, and me, Adam Furman. Uh, and we've got, as always, a fantastic guest. Fantastic uh, guest. Fantastic yeah. guest this week. Uh, it's not going to be me pretending to be a guest. No. Although <laughs> you did make a very good guest. Did I? Yeah, did I? I think you did. I think uh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I've well, spoken to a few point. people and they learnt a lot. That they weren't aware of from four mobile, so well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm glad, and that's that's nice to hear. Thank yeah. you. But but today our, today, our guest today is way better than me. Yeah. So um, and actually, <laughs> I think you straight away agreed with me. <laughs> and just give it up. So I recently went to the ICDDF event at London Heathrow. Yes, yes. Which is a great event, and um, I was going up the escalator, mm-hmm. and someone said, "That's the guy, one of the guys from Chewing the Fat." Oh, we've made it. Oh, we've made it. People yeah. recognise us in the street. They do. It oh, probably helped that I was walking around with a chewing the fat sticker on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you've made it when yeah. when people can start pointing you out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's it. We can retire now. Yeah, we'll that's get it. paparazzi we'll next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sunglasses. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to live years. a normal life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But that no, is good. Good. Oh, awesome. I, I sadly wasn't able to make ICDDF, but I heard it was a bit different this year. Yeah, they sort of... The, the problem for the organisers is when they planned and put the event on, mm. COVID was still very, very uncertain. True, um, yes. It could, have, it could have been a bigger event, but they made the best of... Um, yeah. But yeah, next year, I think it will be back up to... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll all be able to see... Maybe, maybe they'll let's do a show. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Should we ask them? Cool. Yeah, we'll ask them. Um, and if anyone's watching who's involved in the ICDDF organisation, I mean, just give us a shout. You know. Yeah, quite happy to do. I'll happily do it. Yeah. Just pimp ourselves out like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so this this is the penultimate yeah. show of series. of series one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the our, our sponsors and our funding uh, body for mobile in the European Union. Um, they commissioned us to do 12 shows in the first series. That comes to an end next month in April. So this is the penultimate. Yeah. Um, and and then we've made the decision, haven't we? Um, we have. To essentially self-fund and fly solo. Yeah. So, so we don't know how people will feel about that. <laughs> we don't know how it's going to be. We don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know what kit we can keep and <laughs> what we'll be able to keep doing. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Um, it might just be you and me in a basement with like a dodgy... <laughs> yeah. microphone. So, but no, we'll just we're going to play it by ear, and we'll work out what we can do. We will. So, we will. Yeah. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, but yes, we're we're actually doing uh, things a little bit back to front uh, this month, just in terms of the timings. Usually, what we'll do is we'd actually the magic of, of post production and yeah. post recording. Um, we usually do our new segment. Um, after we've actually done our, our guest uh, recording, so we actually kind of we we normally run it knowing what's coming. Yeah. Um, this time we haven't yet interviewed our guest. <laughs> Turning up in twenty minutes, so um, yeah. So we don't know what it's going to be like. I'm hoping no. it's going to be great though. Um, so we've got uh, Kevin Pagano. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything. Uh, we'll kind of do some introductions as and when uh, we we have a chat with him, but. Um, very excited to have him have him on the show. Yeah. We know he's been he's been on a number of different podcasts and shows and been interviewed for various things. He's been involved in a lot of the yeah. community um, bits and pieces going forward, particularly the CTFs 
uh, which is very, yeah. I think, very well known for. Yeah, and it, and it's fantastic. Start me page, which yes. I nominated yes. this year in the awards, um, and we've featured a lot of his articles. We have, we yeah. have, yeah, we regularly uh, kind of put his stuff up. So, um, yeah, very excited to have him on the show yeah. um, and talk all things digital forensics, and and maybe we'll touch on the whole beer thing because yeah, know, he loves he a beer. Loves a beer. Yeah. We like a beer. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need to do an in-person one where we can actually have a beer yeah. with Kevin. That's that's what we need to do. Yeah. One day. One day. One day. Um, so yeah, so so we're doing things a little bit backwards at the moment. So we're but we've got lots of industry news. We're going to try and kind of rattle through that. <laughs> rattle through that and not go on yeah. too because long. Because you have to be conscious of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, and we actually have to be because we're on the clock. Because yeah. Kevin, we kind of expecting us in. 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah, and when we first organised, Kevin, I, I totally forgot that America has to go first, so they put their clocks forward before us. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, it was fine. Um, so, right, without further ado, uh, industry news. So, we've, got, we've actually got loads. Um, I got a little bit carried away. <laughs> yeah, I was writing all of this, so I do apologise. Um, first one. Um, I, I found this one quite interesting um, purely because um, it, it's more of a, a hacking piece. So it's more of a cybersecurity kind of mm -hmm. um, related piece, but it does relate to Telegram and the Telegram APIs sets and things. So it's, uh, the, the article was from Hacker News uh, and it was titled Iranian hackers using new spying malware that abuses Telegram Messenger API. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a really interesting article. Um, it talks about a group called Muddy Water, um, believed to be kind of state-sponsored kind of um, group, a hacking group, um, and they've effectively um, used some phishing emails and spear phishing, um, and part of their attack vector is, is, is utilizing the Telegram API in such a way that, I'm, if I'm right, not yeah, that's it. So they're trying to legitimize their network traffic through utilizing the the network of Telegram, yeah. yeah, which very clever, yeah, very clever, very interesting. Um, if uh, cybersecurity folks, you uh, kind of everyone who's kind of doing your incident response and, and kind of doing that net network investigation side, you probably have a little bit better knowledge of this and how it actually works. Um, but um, but yeah, I just found it really interesting and, and kind of kind of yeah yeah quite a, quite a clever way of doing things. So that's an interesting one. So. Um, feel free to go and have a read of that. I'm talking about the, the cybersecurity company mm. who attributed the attack, Mandiant. Yes. Is, am I right in saying they've just been bought by Microsoft? Have they? Or am I just making that up? I don't know. Um, I will check on the fly. <laughs> I don't really want to put the claim out there. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We're doing some live research here on the podcast now. I'm pretty sure um, I read that. I might be completely wrong. Google. Google to acquire Mandiant. Google to acquire Mandiant. Oh. So I was wrong. Okay, so not much. So it's still one of the big ones, though. Yeah, a small change. Five point four billion um, <laughs> on the eighth of March. So that's quite quite very, That's quite yeah. recent. Yeah, yeah. So what are we now? Twenty second. Yeah. So, but yeah, five point four billion. I'll have a look behind the sofa. See what I come up with. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you were putting a counter bid. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I could five point five pence. I, I was about to say I could probably muster about five point five and a half quid. Um. Uh, high rolling, <laughs> which these days probably wouldn't even get you a pint. Um. Yeah. Your sniff of fuel in this country. <laughs> yeah, not not an actual drop. No, a sniff. A sniff. <laughs> <laughs> right, 
let's move on. Yeah, let's quickly move on. That's, that's kind of bordering on politics then as well. Um, okay, next is computer forensic reference data sets for digital forensic, uh, digital evidence, sorry. Um, so the, uh, the C-Freds um, uh, stuff, which uh, I don't, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, it's effectively the, a, a, a Kapora or a different kind of a, a gathering, yeah. I suppose. Repository. Repository kind of um, uh, signposting site for various uh, images and uh, data sets that you can use within digital forensics yeah. and research and all that kind of stuff. Um, they've just released a new version of their website. Um, they're, it's, they're, they're looking for, I think they're looking for people to kind of come pop on the site and kind of give them feedback and reviews mm -hmm. and thoughts and things like that. They've got some videos out there to demonstrate the new platform. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially um, a one-stop shop where you can go and uh, they use lots of tagging and lots of filters and various other bits. Yeah. Um, so you can try and find data sets that are, would be of use to use, whether they're mobile, whether they're computer, kind of whatever they are. Um, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't actually host the data sets on the site, from what I understand. Um, it's more of a, a signposting way that you can um, send them uh, a data set that they then review, but it's hosted elsewhere. So mm -hmm. something our friend Mr. Hickman could send them. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll um, see if he listens. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he comes back to us on that one. Um, yeah, or he's too busy watching Bluey. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I still have no idea what that is. No. Um, I, I won't. I, now it's the thing. I, I just don't. No, you do it on purpose. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you watch it tonight. <laughs> We're in the pub. I'm gonna make you watch Bluey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so it's it's a one-stop shop. You they review the uh, submissions um, uh, and they kind of follow the links, make sure everything's all legit, and then it gets approved and goes on the site. That's great. Um, so yeah, fantastic resource, yeah. and the new site looks quite nice. Nice. Yeah, so good work for that. Um, and there's, uh, I thought you'd like this one, the deep dive into Apple keychain decryption. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to have a read of it? Yeah, nice little article by Passware, mm -hmm. um, going into detail about how the keychain works. Um, you've you've <laughs> actually made a note, so the articles are called a deep dive yeah. into Apple keychain, but you didn't think it was quite deep. Well, I mean, it was a deep dive. I, I kind of think deep dive is in like in depth, like research article or yeah, you know, something like Josh would do. Right? Yeah, so or um, incidental true toy. Exactly, yeah. where it's kind of really kind of like really detailed. This was um, it's a good article. I'm not knocking it at all. It's a good article. It's interesting. I, I enjoyed it, but um, it, it's quite short, and so it's not really a deep dive as such. Yeah. It's more of a, mm -hmm. an overview of some of the interesting concepts. Yeah. Um, and then, it, yeah, it references yeah, all of it. So it's, it's quite short for what I was expecting it yeah, to be. Yeah, there's no hexadecimal on the page. No, there's no, um, like, show your working type stuff yeah. for the detail that I was expecting. So Which we've been spoiled with, so we, we expect have, that now. We have, yeah. yeah, we have been spoiled a little bit. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was quite a good one. As always, link in the description for the show. And you want to carry on digging Apple, don't you, in the next one? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, experts create Apple AirTag clone that can bypass anti-tracking measures. AirTags in the news again. I've got <laughs> I've got two of them on me right now. <laughs> oh dear. So um, <laughs> this was another Hacker News um, article. 
Um, and I'll, I'll kind of read out this stuff that I've got written down here. So the cybersecurity researchers have managed to build a clone of Apple, Apple AirTags that circumvents the anti-stalking protection technology, mm-hmm. which has been controversial and kind of in the news a lot. To be anyway. honest, so, so I, I purchased two of these. <laughs> You're going to defend Josh. them now, aren't you? So thanks, Josh. <laughs> I, I purchased two. Yep. And I've got a test Android S20 that I always have with me. Yep. And not once has that told me and I've installed the app. Not once has it told me an AirTag's near me. So, and I've even done a scan using the app, and it found it first time. Yep. And then I've scanned since, and it's and never found it. So, I, yeah, I think to, to, to be fair, it's probably not Apple. It's Android. You had to get that in, didn't you? I did. You had to try and get that. Um, in. I mean, it's only fair because I do. I do bash Apple quite yeah. a lot. So but to be fair, a, a company's created a stealth AirTag that. That was always going to happen. You only have to go on eBay and search for AirTags that have had their um, speaker disabled. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. So true. people will always find a way to misuse an item. True, true. Um, but anyway, I've, I am conscious of time now. We're, we're really pushing this. Um, but yes, so Apple's uh, own tracking app cannot detect the malicious devices. Uh, but the alternative AirGuard app by Simo uh, can detect them doing a manual scan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the article suggests uh, that this once again brings into question Apple's security claims. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, have a read of it. It's quite yeah. an interesting, yeah. quite an interesting one. Um, then there's another link. I'm going to rattle through the last of these without going into too much depth. Um, how viable is password cracking in digital forensic investigations? That was an article on Forensic Focus. Focus. Yeah, um, quite a good one. Go check that one out. Uh, Cyber Triage Lite. I want to include because it's a free version of Cyber Triage, which um, uh, Basis Technology do. Uh, so Brian Carrier and 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 the like. Um, and it's uh, yeah, they're, they're pushing a, a free version of Cyber Triage Lite now, uh, called Cyber Triage Lite. Anything that's free is good. Absolutely. So we've got a link for the download. So go check that one out and go and have a read of the article. He's put a load of um, uh, like training and demonstration videos and stuff yeah. like step by step kind of thing. I think the I got this, I got notified of this because I think it was the second one came out the other week, uh, which then I got on my RSS feed. So. Um, Lovely, and the next two articles I love because it's bashing Android. I'll let you do these two then. Go on. (laughs) So, from Hacker News, a hundred million Samsung Galaxy phones affected with a flawed hardware encryption feature. So, group of academics from Tel Aviv University have disclosed details of a nail-patched, severe design flaw affecting about a hundred million Android-based Samsungs. So, but it's nail-patched. It's nail-patched. I always like to think of Samsung as. It's the Apple of Android, because they pretty much control what the device yeah, does anyway. I, I do love Android, but I, I must confess I'm not a Samsung fan. No. Yeah. But yeah, and then moving, so we'll move swift, we'll include the link for that. Yep. And the next article is, and I love the name, is Dirty Pipe. Dirty Pipe. Pipe. Um, so it's a name given to a vulnerability present in Linux kernel versions 5.8 and later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was assumed to be a bug that caused access logs on a machine to be intermittently corrupted. Um, but yeah, in essence, the vulnerability allows data to be um, injected into arbitrary files due to the way the Linux cursor reads, writes, and passes through data what are called pipes. Hence the name. Absolutely. So yeah, that's an in- <coughs> it's an interesting one. That yeah. One. So um, yeah, thank you to Adam for that one. <laughs> I didn't spot that one. You did. So well done uh, on that. Um, 
then there's another article um, by uh, CyberDefNerd. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce no, the name. No, it's far easier, uh, CyberDefNerd. Um, but yeah, battery charge level and its importance in forensic investigation. Yeah, this is a pattern of life sort of um, article yeah. showing you how um, reading the battery level mm. on a Windows box, I believe it was. Yes. Um, yeah, can can aid your investigation. We've seen that with all the great work that's been done around pattern of life by Sarah Edwards and Co. Exactly, yeah. So a good good article for that. Um, so. But yeah, part of that article, because people will automatically shout out when I can hear Andrew Rathbun shout out. But Zimmerman does that. He references that and what isn't featured Yes. So, yes. yeah, give it a look. Give so there's a, a few few additional bits in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it's an interesting read. Um, I wanted to include my, my little fun, um, you know, I always like to put in a little open source mm. thing. Um, so here we go. Um, your image library software, it's simple and affordable. Um, so here we go, pirigo.com. Uh, so it's an open source alternative to uh, Google Photos or similar kind of photo yeah. libraries, albums, things like that. It's open source, you can self-host it, um, has paid plans for hosted setups if you want them. Um, but the thing I found interesting, and I'll read it out from here, um, it provides you huge levels of control over your content, unlike Google and Apple services, and you can even edit photo metadata directly from within the tool. Thanks for that. Oh, so if you find anything on Piwigo, um, P-I-W-I-G-O, uh, Piwigo, if you find anything on there, um, can you necessarily trust the metadata? I don't know. I, yeah. It needs looking at it. Someone, yeah, to, um, to be honest, though, with smartphones now allowing you to edit on the fly, can we yeah, you trust can. metadata? You've always, as in all of our investigations, true. don't trust a single piece of evidence. You've got to back it up. Got to corroborate yeah. it. Absolutely. So, so yeah, found that one quite... Interesting. And the next part is breaking news. Breaking news. Literally, just five minutes before we walked in to record, uh, we were giving this update um, on 4Mobile. So the um, CWA, which is the CEN Workshop Agreement, um, and CEN is effectively the European Committee for Standardization. So it's um, yeah, standardization body for, for, for European um, committees in European Union. Um, so. The CWA, which is the CEN Workshop Agreement um, for Four Mobile, has literally just been published. Um, so and the best news currently is free. Um, so, so it's uh, titled "Requirements and Guidelines for a Complete End-to-End -end Mobile Forensic Investigation Chain." Um, so I'm just going to read this out um, because I've, I've not had a chance to go through the document myself. I've seen bits of it as, as it's been developed, um, but it's very, very good uh, and comprehensive in what it's trying to kind of cover yeah. and support law enforcement um, internationally. Um, a little snippet from, from the introduction to saying this CWA seeks to document good practice guidance for the correct and necessary processes competencies and methods required to ensure the admissibility of the evidence. It provides a set of guidelines that fit within the wider context of digital forensic investigations for law enforcement, in general at the level of specificity necessary to keep these guidelines meaningful, while simultaneously avoiding such detail that make them quickly obsolete. Typical standardization document, really, really wordy. Yeah. Um, the guidance in this document is designed to specifically address the specialism of mobile forensics. It is intended to be complementary to existing related standards with the within the digital forensics sphere. It is not intended to replace or override existing guidance or good practice specific to other digital forensic areas. 
So a little bit of a disclaimer there, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to include the link for the PDF directly. So please feel free and go and have a look. It is quite a lengthy document. I think it's around about 70 or 80 pages, something like that. Um, but it's very comprehensive. So uh, go and have a read. Um, I think we're pretty much, we won't worry about that last bit. I think pretty much there. And it's 29 minutes past. So we've, yeah, that was a very, very quick rattle through in 20 minutes. Yeah, I clearly have no concept of time, do I? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so we need to get off this call. We need to get onto a call with Kevin. And we'll go over to our special guest. So let's have a look. And we're on, we're live. <laughs> um, we are here with uh, the man, the legend, that is, uh, Kevin Pagano. Um, welcome, Kevin. Yeah, thank you very much. Welcome. Ke thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me and <laughs> finally getting things no, squared away. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We, we won't mention the fact that we just spent probably about 20 minutes trying to work out why we had no sound on your end. <laughs> we won't mention it. We won't talk about it now. Because <laughs> that would be embarrassing. But there was three forensic practitioners. That's it. And Kevin fixed it. So He did. He did. Kevin fixed it. We did. That's, that's problem solving in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we were faced with a challenge. We almost couldn't carry on. And some determination and grit yeah. and steel. And it was done. Yeah. So we tried turning it on and off. We did. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> Um, but it was your favourite operating system's fault, wasn't it? It was, yeah, Windows. Mm. <laughs> I blame Windows. He's going to go on for ages. I just, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm getting the hang of it, and who knows what it there was. There we go. To be to be fair, as a Mac, I prefer Mac. Windows 11 is growing on me. They they've done quite a good job of it. I have to, hate to admit, oh, just because it looks like a Mac. Well, well yeah. As soon, as soon as as soon as Kevin mentioned that it was it was a Windows setting, I just thought you were going to go off on one about no, Apple and, and no, just no. kind of be like, "Oh, they're brilliant. They're much better than Microsoft." They have limitations. <laughs> I already I was already ready with my Linux. Yeah. Man. I was already ready with it, but never mind. Um, right, yes, <laughs> we're going on a tangent already. Um, so uh, anyone who is listening or dialed in, I mean, I'm guessing most people will have. Um, heard of Kevin or seen his name dotted around or seen his contributions across the community because I mean yeah. let's be fair Kevin you are quite a contributor to the community kind of involved in all sorts of stuff kind of projects and tools and reviewing things and CTFs yeah. whether you're using your real name or not <laughs> using some pseudonym and pretending to be yeah. someone else and I constantly just get compliments for your start me page so many people are so grateful for that. Yes, yes, and we are going to talk about the starting page as well. So, so anyone who's listening and isn't familiar with Kevin, please uh, follow us. All the links that we've got, um, and go go and check out some of his stuff because uh, this guy is is a legend uh, in his yeah. own right. So, um, but you are a digital forensics analyst at uh, Siemens uh, Healthineers. Yep, Siemens Healthineers. Right. It's a, it's a mouthful Healthineers. for sure. It is. It is. I, I did read it, and because I, I must confess, I, I'd not heard of, of the, uh, the health and ears kind of no. bit, so so I wasn't quite sure about it. So but, yeah, uh, it, it used to be um, 
we we're basically the healthcare division or you know we're the healthcare division um we've spun off into our own company of sorts now and it's so okay. it's supposed to be like pioneering and engineering healthcare is what they really mix the name up to be i guess um, so, okay. Um, Get it. There's now. there's some okay. interesting stories if you just Google um, or go on Reddit, but uh, I won't go into that further. <laughs> Are they links you would like us to include or not include? Um, probably, probably not. But... <laughs> fine, fine. We'll keep those out of the uh, out of the link section. <laughs> But um, but yeah, but you've you've been you've been in the forensics game quite a while now, haven't you? Because uh, am I am I right in thinking that you kind of got into it from university, kind of college, kind of yes. days? Yeah. So I went to um, uh, undergrad at Bloomsburg University of Pennsylvania, so a smaller um, state school, um, and they had a mm-hmm. digital forensics program. So I went through their bachelor's program, um, awesome. you know, four years of it. So right out the gate, you know, I had some experience using some tools that were in the industry and things. Um, so that was kind of nice. And then transitioned cool. it sort of into, uh, you know, my first job doing sort of e-discovery work um, for hmm. Hershey's, which was, you know, a big Hershey uh, chocolate company in yeah. the U.S. here. Yeah. So I worked for them for a bit um, doing e-discovery, but also, you know, trying to upstart their investigation side of things, too, because they didn't really have anyone. Um, so I sort of helped with that. And then six years ago, I moved over to Siemens Health and Ears, um, and have been there ever since. Fantastic. And, and, and am I right in thinking that kind of Bloomsburg and, and kind of, um, those, those kind of forensic bachelors that you were, you were doing, um, they were some of the, some of the original ones, weren't they? They were some of the first like full full-time forensic yeah i think uh, bloomsburg was one of the first ones in the country uh, in the u.s um to have a full you know four-year degree i don't i don't remember what the first year you know graduating class was but it might have been like 2006 or something 2005 right yeah yeah um which is pretty early on to have you know a full degree on on, on forensic itself not just like a concentration yeah. or something Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think I think here we've, we've probably only had it for the last maybe ten years tops. Yeah, it's not long. It's not been very long over here. So, uh, and most of those are master's programs as opposed to like full bachelor's degrees. It's very rare to actually find them over here. So that's that's yeah. really cool. Um, very and really, as you say, a really nice footing and kind of rather than someone doing a generic computer science degree or a software development degree or something, and then kind of shoehorning yourself into the forensics world, kind of actually having that basis, that grounding, it must have been a, a really good head start for you as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the stability of the, you know, the lower level classes are, you know, getting to know the file systems. Um, so, you know, they start you off doing fat file systems and then you, you work your way up to NTFS. Um, and then some of the higher level classes, you, you learn uh, the actual tools. So at, at the time we were using uh, FTK and NKs. Um, I don't know if you know the course has changed. Obviously, since then, it's been a while since yeah. I graduated. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, we use some free tools here and there, and so much has changed. I think from the tooling landscape in general. Um, you know, there's a lot more free tools out there that do a, just as well of a job as some of the commercial tools. So it's kind of nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. So did did, did you always kind of uh, did you always want to go and do forensics or was it something that you kind of 
found yourself in. Me. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of um, interesting because I actually went into college as a computer science major, um, you know, thinking I wanted to do something with computers in general. You know, I didn't really know at the time. Um, first semester, I had a Java class and I was terrible at Java programming. So um, I tried, you know, getting through it and got, you know, a C or something in it. And I was like, oh, man, this is tough. And so the second semester rolled around. Took a, I had to take a second Java class and I failed the first test or something. I was like, I'm just going to switch my majors now. So I like, <laughs> dropped out of that class and switched to forensics because it was, you know, it was in the same department. Um, and some of the professors taught sort of both um, mm -hmm. in science and in forensics. So that was kind of cool to see that, you know, some of the professors I already kind of knew. Um, yeah. And forensics was, you know, still new at the time, so it seemed interesting. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that was at the peak height of like CSI and yeah. whatever else yeah, on TV yeah. that everyone was getting into. So that's kind of how I transitioned into that and stuck with and it we, ever since. So and we can both relate to Java because we both had to do it as part of our degree. And yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, we we both did the same undergrad stuff uh, with the Open University and and. Yeah, there was a couple of software development modules and uh, object uh, kind of programming. Yeah, object oriented Java and, and yeah, and that was all Java. And I just remember one of the exams uh, was like a three-hour handwritten Java exam, uh, no computers, and you had to kind of effectively just remember everything, all the syntax, all the all the code and everything. And it was just like, here's a problem, write some code. And it was just a blank piece of paper. And you had to do everything and all your indenting and everything just on a blank piece of paper. <laughs> I was like, that sounds it, horrible. It was, <laughs> it was. It was possibly the most horrific exam conditions I've yeah. ever been in in my life. <laughs> Got through it. Yeah. Just, but at that point, I decided no more Java. Yeah, I've done exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> Python, fine, yeah. no problem. Java, no, <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one thing I wish I would have had in college was Python. Um, I think they started offering a Python class after I left. Um, but obviously, you know, Python's the base of a lot of scripts and tools that, you know, people use. And now I've started to go through and work on stuff with, you know, Alexis Brignoni and, you know, a lot of his tools are Python, so yeah, I've yeah. learned a lot through just looking at his code and other people's code that have contributed to, you know, the A-Leap, I-Leap yeah. uh, projects the, and things. All the leaps. All the leaps. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems to grow every week. It's like a new leap out every week, I think. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. And, and that's why we kind of, on, on the show, we kind of tried to encourage people to go and contribute yeah. and get involved in those projects because you do learn so much from just looking at what other people have done and, and just trying to kind of understand it and get your head around it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've learned more in the past year just trying to contribute to that than I have, you know, anything else. And it's coming from, you know, no working background in Python at, at all. So um, just getting the understanding of, you know, what um, each piece does and, and things, you know, some of the scripts are easy to write if, you know, you're just parsing SQLite or something, especially yeah. for yeah. mobile. Um, it gets a little trickier, you know, when you have to deal with protobufs or, um, you know, XML or JSON. But, you know, those are some of the things I've learned as well, um, how to parse now. And so extra, you know, pieces in, in the um, 
the uh, the brain to uh, to add to your, yeah. your knowledge base and how to do things. And it's all about contribution, isn't it? Like um, uh, who we had on the show last time, Alex Kafenis wrote the the, the binary XML, yeah. which went straight into Alexis's tools and. That that's what it's all about. It's the community working together. Like Alex was telling us he did that over a beer at a weekend. Because yeah. that guy literally thinks in code. But it's great how people can then pick up his module and then apply it to their scripts and and yeah, that's yeah. that's what the community lives on. And I yeah. think I think Alex is doing a talk at the Magnet Summit on yeah, how he did that, so. isn't he? Yeah, so. yeah, he is. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing the advert for it, and I mean, like one of my colleagues, uh, 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 Mike Bangham um, at Control F, he, he, he's done some amazing coding and stuff. And just, I think it was last week or the week before, um, I just did an intro email between Alexis and Mike because I was like, "Well, Mike, you've written some cool stuff that we've literally, as a our company, we've literally just open sourced and released it on GitHub, um, so it's just, it's gone out there now." Um, and I said, well, I think you should actually have a chat with Alexis and see if we can actually like integrate some of what you've done into the Leap family and things <laughs> like that. Um, so now they're having a conversation. Um, yeah, about, that's awesome. Uh, you know, because it's just like, well, actually, this is open source. That's open source. That does that. But why not yeah. chat and kind of get it all brought together? Yeah, I mean, that's like the best part about the open sourceness is, you know, it, they're community projects at the end of the day. And the collaboration has been fantastic between everyone. Um, you know, I encourage more people to come join us yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Um, join you know, us. Join. <laughs> one of us. One of and, us. And the community hardware fund as well that we yeah. featured on the last show yeah. is another great. There's, there's so many yeah. good things. Yeah. yeah. Shout out shout out to Josh James. Um, I, I think that's, you know, something that I think, you know, getting data sets out there that of, you know, different types of hardware that people don't see is, is critical. Um, you know, it, it improves the open source tools, but then also gives, you know, uh, others a chance to look at things they don't see. Yeah. Um, you know, they, we just funded the, uh, the meta quest, uh, VR headset. So I'm looking forward to getting some data sets from that and seeing what we can pull and, and awesome. parse from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's so, uh, I mean, I keep looking at, um, how we can actually contribute financially contribute yeah. to that um, kind of hardware fund because it's it's such a great idea and kind of having all these data sets and stuff that people can utilize and, and getting all the hardware in that as, as the project says you know just otherwise would just be too expensive for people yeah. to kind of get themselves so and everybody benefits every, everybody's happy to take so absolutely yeah. and, that, and I mean one of the news articles <clears throat> that we talked about um, in the the first section was the re, re new newly updated um, uh, is it the C Fred? Yes. Um, website, which is kind of like the, the central repository for all the data sets that everyone can mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of utilize, and just kind of having this kind of all these data sets constantly be coming into the fore and just saying, ah, oh, you know, you want to use that? Well, don't go and get it yourself. Just have a look here; it's already available. Just go and someone else has already done it for you. There you go. Yeah, I actually sent that link over to Andrew Rathbone the other day um, because, you know, we're working on a project together, the Defer Artifact Museum. You know, he's really kickstarted that. And so I've been trying to contribute some mobile artifacts and things to it from um, Josh Hickman's, you know, test images and things. Nice. Um, So we're trying to get more stuff up there, uh, you know, that people can use and and use as test data as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was another um, one of the GitHub 
um, links that we shared, like not last episode, probably the episode before. Yeah. Because um, again, as you say, another great, great project that's ongoing, which is such a fantastic idea and very easy to contribute to as well for people because it's just kind of like, right, get those artifacts, kind of send them in, let us know what they are, where they came from, what they do. Um, bundle them all together in that museum. Yeah. It, um, it's, it's basically like the, the Sands poster with artifacts, but it's constantly evolving. It's never obsolete. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did for the mobile stuff is I literally just used the SANS poster and found, you know, the most common ones from call logs to SMS databases to, you know, whatever else, um, and just pulled them from CTF images. Nice. So I'm going <laughs> to probably pull some of them from, uh, like, the Belkasoft images or the Celebrate images that they've, you know, done CTFs on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the next Magnet um, CTF ones will have uh, phones, so probably be pulling from those too nice seeing what else we can add that's cool that's cool yeah we, I, yeah we need to talk about that museum again yeah i do like that awesome um so so on on the you talk about um sands and, and kind of things like that um just kind of backtracking a little bit and i wanted to say and i know we talked about this before we hit the record button just wanted to say that it, there is so much stuff that I could do in it as an introduction for for kevin with his background uh and so many different things but um, and I just want, I was going to ask about the GIAC involvement that you've got as well, because um, I think you're on the advisory board for an advisory board member for, for that. Um, but I just want to flag up that um, if you haven't heard it before or listened to it, if you go to, to the Cash Up um, uh, podcast uh, and have a listen to June 2021, and we'll put a link in the description, um, Jessica Hyde does a fantastic fantastic introduction for kevin which i remember listening to and i just i was like I, i'm never going to be able to replicate that. Yeah. that i'm not going to be able to top that and it, it's it's phenomenal um and it i think kevin should have it as a cv um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an audio cv um so rather than me it's like two pages long <laughs> probably, uh, it's about a 10 minute intro <laughs> and he's done this and he's involved in this <laughs> um if, if you've ever had imposter syndrome, that's where it kicks in <laughs> when she just starts battling things off. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, Adam and I are constantly kind of talking to each other about imposter syndrome yeah. and things like that, having to like pick each other back up again because it's, it's like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. But um, but yeah, so I just wanted to get that in there. So we will have the link for that yeah, we'll link. episode because the intro is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but she does mention that your Gaiac stuff. Um, so so can you just like give us a heads uh, an overview, of kind of some of the things that you might be involved with with the the Gaiac side of things? Yeah, I mean, I'm not involved too much. You know, I took three Sans courses in the past three years or so. Um, I, I've gotten, you know, discounted courses doing the work study program, which has been incredible. Um, it, you know, I encourage people to take advantage of that if they can. It's, you know, a, a deep discount on a SANS course, which, you know, aren't cheap these yes. days. Yeah. Um, and you get all the perks of, you know, books and uh, all the um, virtual stuff as well. But then you also are uh, working with the instructor. So you're getting to know them on, you know, a person on person basis. So you're working very closely with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I learned a lot through just taking those courses as well as, you know, helping the instructors out. Um, so I've taken and passed three GAIAC uh, courses or certi certification courses. So nice. um, 
you know, I got, I guess for the advisory board one was, um, I think I got like a 98% on the mobile device wow. uh, class. So oh, wow. I think above 90 uh, gives you uh, advisory board status or whatever. So they'll potentially reach out to you on, you know, updates and things, I guess. But I haven't really seen many emails from them. But, you know, it's kind of a cool little marker to have on your resume that's, and LinkedIn. Or that's awesome. That's a hell of an achievement. Yeah, um, yeah fair play to you. That's really, really cool. Um, so if you've got any mobile forensic questions, I'm totally going to just send them through to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... I, I can try. I can try. You're going to regret this. It's like you're saying, oh, I don't really get that many emails through. You know, I don't really have to do much for it. You're going to get bombarded now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really, really cool, though. Um, and, and obviously, we said we were going to talk about the Start Me page as well. Um, what what kind of, um, if anyone who doesn't isn't aware of the Start Me page, I think we talked about it quite a few Several times. times yeah. um, again, we'll have the link uh, for it in, in the description, but it's, it's essentially an, a one-stop shop for everything DFIR related. Yeah. And it's, Kevin's kind of pulled together all these links and kind of groupings and everything. It's just there. I mean... Kevin, can you just like tell us what what kind of what was the inspiration behind that? What kind of gave you the drivers for it? Yeah, I mean, I think over the years I've always kept like a, a USB drive just full of tools that were you know free to use or like open source that you know I didn't have to pay for, um, and I think that was kind of the starting point for it, where it was like, how do I keep up to date with all these tools updates so let me you know i have a, a bunch of folders in chrome that to bookmark them um and then at one point i think on twitter i saw this you know start me application um web page hmm. or whatever that had uh, a lot of open source intelligence links and things and so i think that was the first start me page that i saw i was like well i should do this for you know all the links that i have for tools and for resources um I had, I've, I was using Feedly as a RSS kind of reader. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I have all these sort of blogs and websites that I follow over the, you know, the course of the past five, six years. So I saw that there was an option to add um, RSS feeds to it too. So I added those in. And then I started, you know, finding YouTube pages that had videos. So I added that, those into that. And, you know, the Start Me page just kind of grew and grew and grew. <laughs> Um, to where it is now, where it has, you know, different articles and resources to getting into forensics or, um, you know, cheat sheets from SANS or, um, you know, CTF images and, and test files and whatever else. Um, I've added a lot of stuff mm -hmm. to it in the past year for sure. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, continue to grow it and, and share it to people where, you know, if people don't have the money to uh, pay for commercial tools, they, they can go to this and, and find resources that are, you know, free yeah. for them to use. Yeah, it's, I mean, kudos to you for, for taking the time to put it all together because I think there's a lot of people that benefit from it. Um, yeah. It's it's awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna refer to it as, as a bit of, a, it's not just a big page. It's, it's almost like a behemoth like site. It's huge. <laughs> the number of links and available kind of crossovers and stuff that are yeah, it's fantastic to me i just visit it daily mm. and i can get everything i need from it daily and like the news feeds and things and i constantly share it 
Yes, absolutely. I, I always point people at that now. Um, I used to do a lot of community kind of presentations for the British Computing Society here in the UK, uh, the BCS, and do kind of like little local evening classes and stuff just for free, just to kind of give people advice and guidance and support them in like education and getting into computing and IT and stuff like that. And I used to kind of, at the end, always wanted to signpost them to various different things and various different sites and links. And people used to come up to me and say, how do you get into forensics? This is really cool. This is quite interesting. Um, and now I literally just point them at the Start Me page and just go, it's all there. <laughs> just go to the Start Me page. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. It's just all there. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know a few um, college professors that are, have shared it out, and I've shared it with my you know, internal alumni networks. And um, just hearing that makes me feel great inside that people are actually utilizing it and, and using it. Um, because that's one of the things that I've been bugging uh, the Start Me people is to get sort of page stats to tell me, you know, how many people yeah. are actually hitting it, to give me a more of a sense of, you know, how many people are using it. That would be uh, extremely helpful. Um, so, you know, when I hear people like you that saying that they're getting use out of it, that that mm. makes me it, feel great. Absolutely, inside. yeah. Um, please don't stop it. It's great. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really useful. And if you visit uh, today, you obviously. Can see a big advert to go and vote for it. So, yes, yeah, yes, I've done that. Absolutely, let's vote for that page because it deserves it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I just put that up there. You know, uh, I'm always looking uh, at the forecast awards. I was nominated as a newcomer a few years ago, and I was and I lost. So I was like, oh man, that's fuel for the fire. <laughs> um, so, but you know. The, the the resource the the deeper resource of the year is is a stacked yeah. lineup um, and you know I, I think anyone else that uh, is nominated in that group I'd be uh, lucky to have uh, be, have my page be part of that company um, whether it's you know the D for discord or uh, this week in forensics yeah. or any of the other big resources out there that people use a lot yeah no I think I think your start me page is, is very much up there with with all the rest of those yeah. those community contributions and, and things like that it's uh, it's a fantastic resource so yeah. and like you say I, I think it's great for people sort of new in the industry and old um, recently I did a guest lecture at a local university and my closing slide was your start me page because that is all they need. They're not going to have access to the big commercial tools when they're studying in their own time at weekends. So your Start Me page is, allows them to continue their studies when they haven't got access to tools that they may be using at university. So, And if we think about it, and think about it, because your, your Start Me page actually links all those other sites that you just mentioned. So yours is almost like you know the starting point mm. that kind of filters off into all of the others. So, so kind of... If, if I win, win, you win, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't think you can lose, really. <laughs> I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, the community yeah. wins. Um, you know, everyone that uses all the different yeah. resources wins, and it just makes our our practitioners and our examiners uh, yeah. better mm. at what they do. And at the end of the day, that's really what what I want for yeah. for it to a, happen. Not so. true word spoken, but that is that is definitely. Uh, that is definitely the starting of an acceptance speech. It is. That is to, go, uh, to go on the back <laughs> to, to follow Jess's intro. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's like the DFIR equivalent of like wanting world peace. Uh, kind of, you know, it's a pageant or something. That's, that's yeah. 
Um, I like that though. That's you know, gen joking aside, genuinely, that's the community does win. Um, so I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Um, and you know, again, thank you for putting all that start me stuff together. So if you haven't looked at it yet, please go and have a look at that start me page and share it and and vote for it as well if you like it. Um, yeah, and you know, hit me up on Twitter and let me know if there's things that need added or looked at. Um, I'm always taking. Um, requests not necessarily saying yeah. i will add them but um you know you, typically it's stuff that i've actually used or vetted at some point in my life um but you know i'm open to requests <laughs> fair, very fair um yeah i i mean i feel very humbled though we were very humbled to see that yeah. um chewing the fat was on there so it was kind of like I think I think you spotted it. I did. And yeah, then, I think it was. You messaged me, didn't you? It's like we're on the start me page. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I think it was a person who just joined Magnet and they were new to like the industry, and somehow she stumbled across this pod. Hmm. And I think she copied Kevin into a tweet or something saying, "Hey, I've checked this podcast out," because hmm. she couldn't really find many because there's not a huge amount of podcasts. No, no, no. And there's a lot Scrum, of crossover. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of crossover with cyber and things like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a lot more podcasts pop up mm. in the past year and a half. I think since the pandemic started, and I think that's fantastic. What a lot of the shows are doing is just getting people on to talk and you know communicate yeah. face to face still. Um, and I think you know it. It, like you said, it it brings back more. Um, stuff to the community to get the word out there everything because it is it's quite a, a, a challenging industry to get into and to kind of get your head around especially with how the fast pace of development of everything it's it, it, it's very it can be quite scary yeah. um, and that's why the imposter syndrome is there for a lot of us because there's so much to do and remember and so it's i think we we just very passionately want to put something out there that kind of reassured people to kind of say, Oh, look, you know, these big names that you're kind of seeing all the time, you know, let's, let's have a chat with them and, and we can find out where everyone's beginnings were kind of to, to find out that we all kind of suffer with it a little bit anyway, <laughs> regardless of all the achievements and everything and, and just kind of make people feel very welcome in that, in that community space and feel like they can contribute as well. Um, Cause as you, as you Absolutely. so eloquently put, a few minutes ago, you know, that ultimately the community wins yeah. out of it. So, um, all for that, all for that, one hundred percent. I'm going to say my favourite line: "Conscious of time." Uh, <laughs> very conscious of time, because um, we've been going for ooh, half an hour now. Yeah, I, I think one thing we need to talk to you about is your enthusiasm for CTF. We do, um, and you most recently did the Balkosoft one, which. I said to Phil, I absolutely love their animations and how theirs are put together. I think they're definitely one of my favourites. Um, but mm. what what is it about CTFs that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I think just growing up doing sports, it's just sort of the competitive nature in general. Um, it, it's it, it's good to challenge yourself, but then also be challenged by others, I guess. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, a lot of the CTS are more, um, what's the word? You know, I, I guess a lot of them are evidence pieces that I don't see as often in my day-to-day -day work. Um, 
which is good. Like this, this last Belkasoft one was a Linux machine, so I never see Linux or or Macs in general. Um, so that was kind of cool to see and just go through. Um, but you know, I think CTS are just they're 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 a fun challenge. Uh, <laughs> what I always enjoy is the write ups that you do. Mm. Um, Phil and I love people showing their work and yeah, then you do a fantastic write-up and I think even Balkasoft acknowledged your last one didn't they mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's you know also the fun of playing them is you know finding those answers and then being able to show your work because not only do I benefit from knowing where I found this one piece if I have to you know find it in a, in a later case or something but also other people can read through the blog and, and go through it and, and reference yeah. it as they need. Uh, I mean, I've gone, I've gone through some of the CTFs and found evidence that I never even knew about at, at one point, uh, some of the mobile stuff. Um, so just having those reference points of, of new items that I haven't seen yeah. before is, is a good and to have. That links onto your blog, which yes. we featured all of the Firefox teardown that you did. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so we will be including a link to your blog as well in the in the descriptions and stuff because because the write ups are there. The, the the little articles that you've done and stuff with some of the research that you've done yourself. Um, and all that it's all there and it's yeah. yeah. And and you're very similar to Josh Josh Hickman where your animations that you use I love yeah, the little gifs and everything. <laughs> it's they're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> make it make it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the blog is you know spurned from research. So uh, you know, I gotta thank Josh Hickman for his images because a lot of the stuff that I've done recently are on apps that were in his images or things that we've come across that you know needs yeah. written up or something. So I need to get back on to finding some more things to look at and get more blog posts up because I've been a little uh, static <laughs> in the past month or so, but. Um, I try to at least get, you know, the monthly start me page updates blogs up there of things I've added each month. So those usually come out in the first of the month. Um, you know, I'll probably add other blog things to it as well. Obviously the CTF write-ups are, are there. Um, and whatever else I come across. So if, if, if you kind of uh, speaking now to some um, newly qualified digital forensic analysts, so people that are just coming through college or university and kind of uh, just kind of getting into the field and stuff, maybe maybe they're a little bit nervous about CTFs because it's a competition, do they know enough, are they going to make a fool of themselves, kind of that imposter syndrome side of things. Is, is there any kind of like advice or kind of guidance you might give them um, or, or any kind of particular CTF type things that they might want to start with and progress towards and what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, um, I'm actually doing a talk on this at, at the uh, Magnet Summit shortly. Um, uh, with Jesse if, you, if you've got stuff that is kind of like stuff, you don't want to so. tell us yet, if you want to, don't want to do any spoilers, we don't want to ruin it. We don't no, want to ruin no, that talk. <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, um, CTS are practice. So, you know, just have fun with it. Don't stress out of, too much about it. You know, we can't always win. And, you know, just have fun and find what you can find and, and learn from it. I mean, that's the biggest thing is the learning experience. Like I said before, is learning about new evidence pieces you don't see or learning, you know, 
where to look for certain uh, artifacts in a, in a file system because most of the time they're in the same location time and time mm -hmm. again unless there's obviously updates um, so it's just getting that you know, working knowledge of, of where to look for things and, and where evidence may lead you to fantastic good advice yeah yeah sound are there, are there any um any that and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to is there, are there any ctfs that you think are easier to get into and others that are a little bit more challenging kind of you kind of is there like a starting point in like something to move towards do you think for anyone who's kind of new to them um i wouldn't say there's like too much of a difficulty difference between a lot of them i think some of the belkasoft mm -hmm. ones have been a lot more difficult um just from other ones that i've participated in but um you know there's a lot of different websites out there with different levels of challenges um trying to think what that one page is try hack me i think is one you know that hosts a lot of ctf style uh challenges which is a good resource i think there's also um cyber defenders i think is one they have a lot of blue team uh ctf cool things in there as well so if you go to one of those they might have varying difficulties um okay but ultimately ultimately you know, they just just kind of hard to say. encourage people just to kind of get out there give them a try see how they get on and, and yeah yeah exactly and you know reference the blog write-ups because that's you know that'll make things easier for people as well if they're struggling to find uh, an answer then they know where to look and if it comes up on in future um competitions then they know yeah, yeah. what to do more easily i would say awesome awesome and and and, and then kind yeah. of any of the more kind of generic, not necessarily CTF related, but any more kind of um, advice that you might give, and based <clears throat> given your your now experience, kind of in what you do, and, and kind of quite a big name in the industry, and any kind of advice or guidance you might give to uh, any new forensic analysts out there, in, in terms of just just kind of like career and uh, kind of unknown education, training, progression, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I wish I would have done more, you know, right out of college is network, you know, go to your local conferences. If you can look for student discounts, look for free passes. If you can get to some of the bigger conferences out there, um, just go around and talk to vendors mm -hmm. or talk to, you know, people on the floor and get to know people. Um, I've met so many people through Twitter in the past, like three, four years that, you know, I've never even met face to face. <laughs> and then, we're like best friends when we do meet face to face. Um, so just, you know, get your name out there and, you know, play around with all the free tools that are out there and, and get that experience up. Um, and I think the, the other big thing is to just apply to everything you see. I, I, you know, I remember coming out of college, I didn't have any real leads on, on a job. So I applied to everywhere and, and tried and tried. Um, you never know who's going to try to take a chance on a, a, a newly um, a yeah. fresh out of college person. So just get your name out there and mm. you know do research if you want to. Get some of your research published maybe and you know that might help with finding uh, Sound a advice. employer too. Sound but yeah, advice. Twitter and Discord are sort of that. I so, I'm still it learning. It took a while to get you on Twitter. I'm still learning. Yeah, I'm still learning how Twitter works. Um, yeah, I mean, 
we had a funny moment the other day with the so we, we we both had access to the the chewing the fat Twitter feed uh, and, and and Twitter account and and I think Adam had messaged you and then you'd replied and then I'd messaged you kind of obviously kind of just carrying on the conversation. Adam hadn't realised, and so he like messaged the same thing again. I think, and it was the same. Yeah. And then he he sent me a message separately, just going, oh, "I'm such an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's all right. I, I still don't really know what I'm doing with Twitter. It's fine." <laughs> but you're right. It is. It is all about that networking, just getting out there, and and networking is kind of scary at conferences, if you especially if you're new, and like a lot of us kind of kind of border on that kind of introvert side of things as well don't we so it's not like a natural thing to kind of go into a room and start just talking to strangers but um i think the advice of just kind of applying for stuff and kind of just getting talking to vendors about like free tools and, and options and kind of getting to know who's who because usually at those conferences and those events it's usually the same people doing the same circuits so you get to know them at one yeah. point you can then go and see them again and then they might be talking to someone who might be relevant. You're going to get to meet them, and then yeah, it's and go for all the net, the free free networking drinks. I mean, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think the one thing is don't be afraid to go up to talk to someone. Um, you know, I think that was the biggest thing I, I feared when I was younger is just being afraid to that someone was. Yep. famous of sorts in the industry yeah but really everyone's a human you know they're you know they're just normal people at the end of the day you know we have families we have you know whatever else and at the end of the day yeah we're we're people That's too it. so just come talk to us yeah, not saying i'm famous or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> i mean I consider you to be. Uh, and, and we know you've got a basement with a suit and a laboratory in. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you get so much time to do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you, you, you're right. And, and I think there's, there's a lot of people out there like like yourself and, and, and others who kind of, I think everyone appreciates that, you know, we've all been there at that start, that kind of at the very beginning of our careers, kind of not really knowing anyone. Yeah. And, and so I think, uh, everyone especially those who are kind of very community focused and, and supportive will just to be like okay no i'll give you a hand i'll help you out let me point you in the direction over here i'll be a friendly face um and kind of steer people in the right direction so i think you're right just get people to t start talking to others yeah. in the network yeah. awesome um again I'm, I'm conscious more time 40 minutes okay no we're going we're okay we're okay um did you have anything else you wanted to ask Kevin while I read my notes? Yes. Not that I'm trying to be subtle and read my notes. I remind myself. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm <laughs> talking about Twitter, you always make me envious at weekends because you're always trying out new beers. So are you part of, like, a beer club or is it just yeah. – where do you choose your ales? Uh, I think it depends, really. Um I have, you know, some of my favorites that I go to, you know, local breweries or breweries that I, you know, um, grew up near or a lot of the local stuff. But then I sometimes will just go to like a, the, the beer store across the street or, you know, 
find uh, different places that stock more different types and i'll just say oh well that one looks kind of cool by the label or something you know it all depends but you know it depends on what style you like to drink and you know, i like trying different things especially if i'm in a new city if i'm traveling um i was just in um north carolina in the fall and uh, me and my fiance hit up uh you know 10 or 15 different new places we've never been nice. to in the course of the four or five days we were down there just because they're all so you know consolidated together down there um but it was it's cool to see just different breweries and, and the styles that they make yeah. and how things That's taste different cool. as well we both love a beer don't we well, well i mean yeah 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 it's been known <laughs> it's been known <laughs> I say if you if you if you if you come to the to the UK, go to London, um, uh, and you want to do a little bit of a beer tour, um, a really famous frame. Well, I say famous one, or maybe maybe in, uh, not so famous, but getting more so at the moment. Famous one is the Bermondsey Beer Mile. Um, if you've not done that yet, so it's effectively like a mile long stretch of like railway track, and then all of the railway arches have all been turned into little microbreweries. Awesome. So you can just kind of go and do the, and you can tick them all off as you go on a little list. Oh, There's okay. like a, and it depends on which way round you do it. You start at one end or start at the other end. It, and if you can make the end, yeah, and it can, it'll take you like most of a day to go from one end to the other. And if you tick off all of them, then you probably will, the ticks will get, <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, very weird by the end. Um, but uh, I rec highly re if you're going to be in London at any point, I highly recommend the Bermondsey Beer Mile. Um, it's it's well worth trying. Awesome. Yeah, I've never I've never been over there. I think uh, overseas I've only been to Sweden and uh, Germany. Good so, for beer, yeah. But obviously Germany's a, a big area for for beer. Um, but we have offices over there, so uh, when I get to go nice. back there, we usually hit up That's some little cool. spots, which is kind of cool. Um, but you know, there's breweries popping up everywhere. It's it's crazy to see how many we mm. have in in my general area. Yeah. We need to try and get a beer for DFIR. Insane. We do. We do. We need to. Yeah, we need to get like a community beer, kind of <laughs> uh, you know, like a DFIR beer or, or like a range of different DFIR yeah. beers. Red team, blue team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be really good. But to find, yeah. find someone that mm. can actually, you know, there's a project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the DFIR hardware fund. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need to start a new Patreon, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the liquid fund. Uh, awesome, awesome. Um, before before we end up letting you go, um, Kevin, I also want to got to ask this question because because otherwise I'd be criticised if I don't. Um, while you're here, what would you think from a forensics perspective? Moving back to the forensic side of things, um, what do you see as like the, the the biggest challenge coming in the next five years for digital forensics? do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a common trend we've seen the past few years is just the data size sets are getting huge. Um, you know, there's what, 20, 20 terabyte <laughs> drives out there now or something. Um, you know, I think we're going to continue to see that shift uh, to more of a triage style collection. Um, and I think also dealing with encryption is going to become more and more challenging, especially from the mobile side. Um, you know, we're already kind of seeing it where 
it's getting harder and harder to even get an acquisition from yeah. a phone. Um, I think also with, with uh, you know, the cloud continuing to grow and grow and grow, we're going to see more um, more instances of collections in the cloud maybe first before even uh, yeah. on yeah, uh, hardware and, in hand. I mean, I've said it for, for, for a long time uh, that I, I genuinely think that kind of local local acquisitions are kind of on the downward and it's going to be become more of a service-based industry where it's lots of service requests for data from providers to go to investigators to then do the analysis. So it's going to be forensic specialists, I think, are going to do fewer acquisitions and do mm. more analysis moving forward into the future. Yeah, and we're even seeing it a little bit from the corporate side is with everyone working from home still, it's, it's becoming challenging to to do remote phone collections, which is, I think, something yeah. that yeah. people really haven't figured out yet. And I don't know what a good solution to that is at this point, other than, you know, like wow. an iTunes okay, backup. Yeah, yeah. And, and I must admit, we had a, was doing a mobile forensics course not so long ago, and, and some of the feedback from people was, well, actually, you mentioned iTunes backups, but we're not even seeing those anymore because <laughs> everyone's getting. Uh, a, a proper file, full file dump uh, from the iPhone or nothing at all. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're just not doing the iTunes backups, um, which was one of the, some of the feedback we've been getting now. Yeah. Which is, yeah. But if we have to go back to that from a remote collection perspective, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting times. Yeah. Interesting times. Um, awesome. Um, I've, I've got a thousand more things I would love to to ask you, Kevin, uh, but maybe we can save some of those for uh, a, a reappearance at some point in maybe series two uh, of Chewing the Fat. Uh, I'll revisit some of this, but that would be all. It'd be awesome to have you back sure, on and, absolutely. and kind of have updates on any of the projects that you've been working on and things like that. So, but um, I've, I've loved having you on the show. Thank you no, so it's much. Been, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, genuinely. Um, and for those watching the video, we want to order the hoodies. Yes, the Stark forensic hoodies. Stark forensic yeah. hoodies. Uh, yeah, show it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> We're it's, not it's jealous. A, it's a one of one. <laughs> um, I I ordered it from a custom um, embroidery company. Obviously, it's a Nike hoodie, um, and so uh, I don't have a bunch of these made, but. I do have, you know, the T Public page, which nice. is up, um, that has some designs and things, uh, which uh, there's been a few different designs. Yeah. Been you up you there, featured so the, the spinning pigeon, didn't you, from Alexis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put that up there and, you know, just to see what happens. Yeah. I think Alexis was like the only person that bought something, but oh, <laughs> it's amazing. I think he has a t-shirt <laughs> of it. I still now, can't, so. I still can't see that um, picture in my head. Hearing, hearing the, but... <laughs> it just, it just instantly pops yeah. in my head. It is a classic for sure. Ah, you're standing on my, my defense. Ah, I nearly, nearly went, nearly had an accident. Um, but uh, 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 what was I going to say? Um, yes, if, uh, we're happy to put any of those links up as well for, for, for any of the tea stuff um, and, and things like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 
Oh, there we go. Just go to the Start Me page. It's all there. Page, so. <laughs> it's going to get to the point where we're not going to have to pop and put any links. <laughs> no, I'll just put one URL I'll just put the yeah. Start Me page and go, yeah, everything we've talked about, yeah, it's all over there. It's yeah. all on there. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it really has. I mean, we, we are going to say goodbye to you from uh, for this section, um, but I understand you do have a forensic faux pas for us. So we're going to come back and we're going we're gonna to get that from you very shortly. But for for the kind of the, the main section of this podcast, uh, thank you ever so much, Kevin. It's been a been a pleasure. Okay, forensic faux pas time. Yeah. Um, so for those listeners who uh, maybe haven't listened to the show before uh forensic faux pas it's the segment that we got at the end of the show um and it's a little bit of fun it's 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 all designed to kind of ex- to show people that no matter who you are at some point you've you've got it wrong or something's yeah. gone horribly wrong or something has messed up um if, it's kind of like if 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 you haven't had something that's gone wrong are you even forensicating quickly you yeah. know it's like, <laughs> it's like you know it, it's that it's, yeah. like, it's like when you're t- mm-hmm. policing. I was always taught in, as a police officer. It's like, well, you're not really a police officer until you've had your first complaint. Yeah. Once you've had your first complaint, you're doing, you're doing your doing job, job properly. properly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is kind of the same, you know. You're not really doing forensics properly until something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Kevin, we understand that you you have at least one, maybe two. It's up to you, whatever you're feeling confident in sharing. But forensic faux pas for us. So... The floor is yours, please. Uh, off whenever you're ready. Let us let us hear your forensic faux pas. Yeah. So um, this one, I guess, happened two or three years ago. Uh, in in our lab at, at the office, we have um, we had a few laptops set up for you know imaging sort of stations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was imaging an old uh, IDE drive, so like that has like the what 40 pins or whatever you know mm-hmm. whatever they are so i was hooking up um one of those tableau little tiny adapters for it to turn it into i guess sata or whatever mm-hmm. um and so i i turned around to my main machine you know was on the internet or you know checking emails and things and i i smell something i'm like what does that smell <laughs> And I turn around and the adapter is smoking and was literally getting ready to like catch on fire. Um, It was, I mean, if you ever smelled, you know, electric circuits burning, it is probably one of the worst smells probably other than like flesh. Like it's quite horrific, isn't it? Um, And so I, I shut it off right away before it started on fire and it smelled like that for probably like a week. Oh, no. It was, it was absolutely horrible. Um, luckily, luck, luckily the, the drive was perfectly fine. So I was able to nice. use another adapter and actually image it, but I have no idea what happened to it at that point. Um, Please tell a, me that we adapter a, went in the bin. <laughs> I think I threw it out. <laughs> Just put it back into circulation. It's someone else's problem. <laughs> but I do vaguely remember, like, 
the the casing I think was falling, uh, you know, wasn't uh, completely together. So I'm, I'm assuming something, uh, someone dropped it or something at one point, and it jiggled something off of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm just glad I didn't burn the office down. <laughs> so you can you imagine if it had been like, I'll, I will leave this overnight. And you just kind of go yeah, and shut exactly. shut the office door, and then yeah, you come back. I, everything's yeah, fire. <laughs> IDEs are pretty slow, so <laughs> it could have been an end of the day. I'll leave that image in. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I might have left it, you know, over the weekend uh, image and not come back to an office. <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't have come back to an office. There would have been no office. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I like that. that I like that. One. I like that. Okay, um, so the dodgy do adapter. Yeah, I do have one more that's more sort of when I was doing e-discovery work. Um, we had a, an old system that basically it was an, an asset inventory system. Mm -hmm. And when you would, <clears throat> excuse me, um, change uh, someone's status from active to you know terminated or whatever, if they were on a legal hold, they would uh, get an automated email to their manager saying, you know, your employee is on legal hold. They were recently terminated. Please hold on to their assets, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, that same system, you know, was used to track hard drives and, and inventory of other assets. Um, I must have accidentally used the scroll wheel when going through one of the entries and flagged a vice president as terminated instead of active, <laughs> oh, no. um, which in turn, you know, sent an email to the senior vice president of the company <laughs> that, you know, said employees terminated. Um, it, I didn't notice it until um, about two minutes later, my uh, senior manager comes running in our, our office door and says, um, what's going on here? <laughs> I just got a call from the senior vice president that we have an issue, and his face was like ghost white. <laughs> was uh, trying to explain that to him in in a you know sort of fit of I don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> was, was quite interesting <laughs> to say the least. Um, luckily, you know, a, a quick email and a you know a, a major apology to everyone involved. Uh, Figure, fix, fixed everything, um, but that was uh, not directly forensic related. But but still, that's so. So you, what you're saying is that you inadvertently fired the vice president <laughs> in that system. Yeah, sorry, system. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that must have felt kind of like in, in a little part of you, kind of like in the back of your head somewhere, it was just like. It's a little bit power trippy. <laughs> I had the power to fire the vice president just like that. <laughs> I mean, l luckily, it's you know, it was a standalone system and not attached to like any HR or any oh, other could you know, imagine? systems. So, so where, it didn't you know, put those wheels into it, motion, <laughs> and then it automatically takes yeah. them off like the payment system yeah. and like sorts out the pension. And <laughs> yeah, that could have been really bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah. thankfully like you say it wasn't connected um, but yeah uh, in, in, yeah <laughs> that's that's one of the downsides to, the, to system automation and system linking yeah. isn't it um, kind of one one false move and the thing goes <laughs> yeah. um, awesome um, well I enjoyed those yeah thank you Kevin <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You've lighted up the, the, I mean, for us, the end of our day. I know it's kind of like about the middle of the day for you, but um, yeah, uh, you've. That, that, I've enjoyed those. Thank yeah. you. And, um, <laughs> yeah, thoroughly looking forward to seeing your next presentation at the Magnet Summit. So yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we and, and we should probably get some links for that. Yeah, um, we'll put them in. The put them in the show notes as well. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be recorded, but I'll at least probably get slides up somewhere. So um, it's more of a you know review of, of last year's CTF and, and the one that I won. So, but it should be a good good presentation. Yeah. Awesome! Now look forward to it, and uh, yeah, best of luck with it. Um, once again, I know we said it a few minutes ago, but thank you ever so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, genuinely yeah. a pleasure. I, I, yeah, we, I did see Jad a couple of weeks ago and said, "Look, can you send us out and we'll come record the pod?" But he, he was on his way to the bar, so he didn't really want to listen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should have you should have bought him a drink and then yeah, you should have bought him a drink and then just the idea. You should have done, yeah. Missed the trick there. I did. Fail, fail. There's the networking that came was away. Oh, come on. I know. I don't know if he'd have paid to ship our sofa over there for us to sit on. Well, I mean, I'm sure we could have found another sofa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin Pagano, uh, legend that is. Thank you ever so much. Um, it's it's really been great. We'll, we'd love to have you back on the show at some point in the next season. Uh, kind of revisit some of these topics, talk about some new ones, um, and just I'm very much looking forward to the the the, the, the Magnet Summit uh, presentation and also um, seeing kind of what what other pseudonyms do what in your CTFs uh, in the future and and what weird and wonderful names win a CTF yeah. that kind of like. But Kevin didn't enter. <laughs> Where's Kevin? Um, it keeps keeps people on their toes and keeps them guessing. Yeah, the best. <laughs> yeah uh, I love it. Love your work. Love your work. Um, so yeah, so so thank you ever so much again from us and uh, and yeah uh, to all our listeners. Um, thank you also. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank, thanks, guys. Right. What a guy. What a guy. Um, <laughs> and two forensic faux pas. Two forensic faux pas. Uh, obviously one wasn't enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, <clears throat> the amount of work Kevin puts into the community is unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, really nice guy. Uh, really knowledgeable. Knows his stuff. Um, very approachable. Very much community orientated. Just... Yeah, yeah, great. And likes a good beer. And likes a good beer, which obviously you know, uh, it just improves him. Yeah, and, you know, no end. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, to all our listeners out there as well. Uh, I mean, to Kevin, thank you ever so much, Kevin. Um, I've probably said thank you about a thousand times today uh, to you, but thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, and to all our listeners, thank you for, for tuning in. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, Get ready for the finale of season final, one. Yeah, season one finale uh, next month. Um, yeah, uh, we've already got guests lined up. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a very it's a topic close to ours. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, next month. So we're going to try and close on, on something quite poignant. Exactly, um, and um, hopefully Netflix will commission us for season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Can yeah. you imagine? Um, I don't. I, I suspect we haven't hit that that point yet. No, no, no. Uh, well, we can't image a hard drive just by holding our hand over it. So no. 
<laughs> some kind of weird distorted form of the force. Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, but as always, if you've got any questions, thoughts, feedback, suggestions, anything, uh, as always, please do feel free to uh, send them over to us at our email address, uh, which, Adam, do you have it there? I don't, but I will talk about the Twitter account whilst you look for it. <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter um, and interact with us there, which is chewing the fat pod without a G in the chewing. And um, yeah, if you just look for the hashtag, Hashcat. If you look for the hashtag CTF pod, then you will find us. You can tell it's the end of the day for us, can't you? You can, yeah. <laughs> hashcat. We're not we're not tired at all. Hashtag um, <laughs> hashcat. Hashtag. Get our trending. Jeez, yeah, we need to we need to shut up shop and go to the pub. Yeah. Um, that's what we need to do. Uh, we've earned a beer, I think, today. Definitely. Uh, so, email address. Email address is podcast.ctf at gmail.com. Why do we not remember that? It's really simple. I don't know. I don't know. Why is it always my fault? Because <laughs> <laughs> you set the email address up, I set the Twitter account up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll take that. I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll say that all. Fine. Um, but yes, yeah, so feel free to get in touch with us in whichever way manner you choose, um, as long as it's not creepy. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, yeah. and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Thank you. Bye bye.